Hey, yo, it's been a minute, it's been a minute, that's what they say, it's been a minute, welcome to the wave, I'm Michael Disley, as you should already know from reading the title of this podcast, and uh, yeah, I figured it was time I chimed back in, because um, yeah, I've kind of, I've kind of, I kind of spiralled, um, you know, following the Game 7 loss to the... Uh, Dallas Mavericks. I uh, decided I was done with life for a little while. <laughs> and, uh, done with entertaining, done with talking to people. I couldn't believe it happened and uh, I couldn't believe the catastrophic way we collapsed. Now I know it's been a little while and there's been some good basketball played so far. Mavs have gone on to progress against the Golden State Warriors. I believe that series continues tonight. The Celtics, man. I'm loving the Celtics. I think they're my team. I don't know. I, now I'm, I'm leaning more towards the Eastern Conference. Obviously, I can't stand the fact I don't like the Warriors. I mean, I, I'm not a bandwagoner. I don't. I used to like them back in like 07, 08 when they had Baron Davis, Jason Richardson. That team that up went like the Game 7 against Dallas um, in the series. I, don't know, I can't remember what year that was. But... Um, yeah, man, just, you know, apparently Chris Paul was injured, but, and there were some questionable coaching decisions in that game seven, but, uh, you know, I really thought this was our year, man, <laughs> I really did, like, we dominated the season, now I think that's just the way the Suns are, we were a regular season team, we were when we had Steve Nash, we were when we had Charles Barkley and Kevin Johnson, you know, we get. I mean, we got to the finals then. We got to the finals last year, but we just can't deliver when it counts. And I think that's actually the, the that's going to be the thing that um, is going to be a negative narrative point. One, Mr. Chris Paul, the point god. Everyone bow down. And uh, <laughs> that's the thing, though. Like he's never been able to really do it when it counts, and that's in the playoffs. That's in the playoffs, and. Uh, I don't know. Now I've just got to wait. Whoa. Now I've just got to wait. Sorry, I'm watching uh, those this Australian Border Force, whatever it's called. These uh, Border Patrol shows. Um, uh, the, 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 the key theme seems to be the people they interview always are either Asian in, of some respect. They're like Korean, Japanese, Chinese. And, you know, they put them through the ringer. I mean, they like question everything they've got I mean I've obviously got the volume turned down and I can just see a lot of aggressive hand movements um, everybody was kung fu fighting apparently <laughs> and um, na, 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 na. and uh, you know they've got all these weird foods which are obviously not going to be allowed in because they just look odd and disgusting like this guy the last episode I just watched this guy had huge bags of curry powder and within it he had little crystals of like fucking things that you can use to make like crystal meth or whatever. Or like some sort of methamphetamine. And you know, he got his ass fucking done. Who, why would you try it? Especially Australia. Do you not watch these shows? Do they not like do prior research and see how strict they are? You know, if your baggage is clear and your like paperwork is clear and like. You know, the next thing they're going to do is stick a finger up your ass. Or, like, they x-ray your entire body, pump you full of radiation, and then, you know, you're just going to have to be like, oh, this guy looks Samoan. Or, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe like, Aborigine 
New Zealand and New Zealander. Oh, they look nice. Some bread rolls there. Oh, I don't know what that is actually. He is shitting himself. Oh my god. Like he literally is like quivering his bottom lip. I don't know what that is. They are literally bringing like food that looks like it's just been off, like fresh off the barbecue. Off the barbie. And uh, that was such a bad. I can't. Only one accent I can't do. Bondi. That's how I get into it. Is saying Bondi. Bondi rescue, mate. What are you gonna do there when you pinch it all apart, mate? It's like uh, Wales. If I say onion, then I can get into it, but not really well still. And then my Welsh turns into Indian, and then I don't know where I come from. That's just yeah. But I love accents, man. Now I love accents. I had a girlfriend who accused me of being racist just because I did accents. She was like, that's offensive. Like, no, it's not. It's an accent. And I find them fascinating. I find it fascinating that in this country alone, there are like a billion different accents. And all you have to do is go like 10 miles up the road. And someone talks like that. And then you go a little bit further. And, oh, motherfucker, we talk like that. Like, I think it's just fascinating to me. I really do. I think it's fascinating. So I've been, uh, wow, five minutes. Jesus. Uh... (laughs) <laughs> so I've been oh I, I did something uh, groundbreaking I'm finally growing up I sold my games console I sold my PS5 I realised it was doing me no good I looked back in my life and I re- remembered times when I was like really happy and really like productive was when I didn't have one and I fell into the the you know the like really toxic like Greed, greed of like needing to get one, and I was so angry at everyone who had one and jealous. And I was just like, when I finally got one, it's like everything like fucking everything you want it, you want it, you want it. It's like even women, you want it, you want it, you want it. <laughs> and when you finally get it, it's good for like a month or two, and then you're just like, you're bored of it, you're just bored of it, and you're just like, yeah, I'm ready to move on. Like. You know, but now I'm just, I'm just, I'm just holding on to you because there's a fear of letting you go. <laughs> but I finally let it go. You know, I only made a 50, 50 pound loss on it, so that weren't so bad. I needed the money anyway. You know, I could do it with the extra funds right now. Um, I'm looking to kind of pay some stuff off and, uh, you know, hopefully move out of this shithole that I live in. It's becoming increasingly more and more of a shithole because I live with two children. And one other adult who actually is a cool guy and does, like, do the responsible adult things, like, clean up after himself. But I live with these two children who just just make everything fucking messy. Like, when you walk past a visible mess, or, like, you just, you, you finish cooking and you leave rice or pasta all over the side and all over the cooker. Any, like, right-minded person would simply think that you just gotta clean it up. But not these motherfuckers. No, no, not these motherfuckers. That's my job. That's my job. Their parents clearly didn't raise them right. Mine did. My parents, my parent, raised me wonderfully. You know, I don't call it neglect. I call it teaching independence. Okay? (laughs) I don't call it emotional abuse. I call it strengthening your resolve. Okay? So... That's the way I. That's the way. I, that's the way I see it right now. That's, I fucking hate adverts. It's one of the reasons why I stopped watching TV. Like, 
especially daytime TV, because it's all just like, like weird celebrities smiling at you and trying to sell you stuff, like C-list, D-list celebrities, or it's like these Sun Life adverts where like, okay, we're just trying to sell life insurance and you're going to die soon, mum, you're going to die, so I've just done this for you. I've just gone behind your back and I've set up a a life insurance policy so that when you die, I get money. And then the the wife, the mum is just like, oh, that's good. Then you can pay for my funeral. And I bet she's thinking, oh, fuck that. I'm not going to do that. No, you're getting cremated. That's like, you know, nothing's happening there. Oh, that woman isn't fat. She's pregnant. My bad. This advert came on earlier and... Uh, I was thinking, you ain't going to get life insurance. They're going to take one look at you and say, like, well, clearly you're obese, but I just realised she's rubbing her belly. Yeah, this is the scene I saw. She sat on the stairs and everything just lifts up. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, so I sold that and I'm back to watching... T- like, I realised I, I need to expand my brain, you know. What I was doing on my PlayStation was just playing NBA, occasionally playing some sort of story-based game that were cool. But I just got bored of them. I got bored of the commitment. So I realise when I'm watching TV now, I can actually watch stuff that really does interest me, or just new stuff that I never thought I'd be into. And what I started watching earlier was this show called uh, Monster Monster Lobs- Monster Lobster Hunters, or something like that. Yeah, it's Monster Lobster Hunters, and it was fucking awesome. The cat people in there, all like Australian guys, like all just like showing you the fucking the drive and the grind of doing these like lobster fishing but these lobsters are beasts man some of them like some of these little crayfish fair enough but some of these lobsters and like the way they just chuck them around and like dunk them in this water and then they just pile them on top of each other and they pick them up and show the camera and like they're holding them on the back and they're just all like got their fucking long spindly legs and then they just start slapping their tail like against their stomach like help help and then they just throw it and then I was showing one a bit earlier, and it was just like, you know, sometimes the, uh, the, what is the announcer say? He was just like, sometimes the, um, the spots, as they call it, like, I think it's spots, like each, each drop they do, like they, they have obviously the, the cages on boys, and they're called each spot, so they go to their spots. It's like sometimes spots don't pay off. And then they just kept clucking to this guy, like, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. And he's just chucking these fucking lobsters back after they've been traumatised, left in, like, this horrible water, staring at each other, like, what's going to happen to us? And then they just get thrown. And then when they get dropped off at the end, there was this cool guy called Swiggy. I liked him. Swiggy. He was a cool dude. Like, and there was this, like, there was this uh, one boat, and the, the, dro- the sailor, I think he said the driver, I suppose he does drive the boat, right? You've got to drive it. Everything drives, but uh, yes, it was. Uh, oh, look, they just found a guy hiding. Um, <laughs> they, uh, this guy on this boat, he was like really young, he looked like must be like 30. And the guy doing all the fucking hard work was probably like 65. And it was showing this scene where he's like just pulling in pot after pot after pot, and then he's just there, like. <sighs> just all hunched over and like obviously they're like half dead it's like the middle of the night it's raining and uh you know the guy the guy's just talking to the camera like yeah he needs a uh he needs a bit of a helping hand sometimes and i'm thinking why don't you fucking go out there and help him why don't you swap places you know just anchor the fucking boat and just 
do whatever you need to do, but it actually looked like a really good life. And they earned shitloads of money. One of these guys, he pulled in on one on one uh, on one run. He pulled in like over two thousand lobsters, and he earned like over two hundred thousand U.S. dollars. And it clipped to like one of the guys' houses and families. He was like, "Oh yeah," it was like one of those reminiscing moments where it's just like, you know, there's nights like these where I really do miss my family. And it cut to this little montage of them sitting on their decking, and the kids playing in the rope swing, and. <laughs> I was just like, Jesus, that's like a really nice house. He lives lives in a nice house like that in Australia. Like, this must be really, like, profitable work. And, yeah, they earn, like, for one, for one, like, one season. Obviously, there's four seasons. I think they only do, like, maybe two or three seasons out of the year because the winter season, the weather's not good, and, obviously, it's dangerous to go out sailing. Jesus Christ, some of this food these guys eat. Oh, my God. Like, it's obviously normal to them. But they probably look at some of the food we eat, like, what's that mashed potato stuff? Like, I don't know why I did an American accent. The guy's smelling it! Oh my god! He just opened what looks like a bottle of Winkles. Of some variety. Some sort of seafood, oysters thing. Family relating to that, I don't know. He just opened a bottle that had been, like, left in a fucking suitcase for god knows how long. Opened it and put it straight to his nose and took a nice big whiff. What the fuck? These guys. These guys. Oh my god. Some of this food. Some of it looks okay, but then there's just some bits that just... I don't know. I, I go by appearance. Like, I've been really tough when it comes to seafood. Like, there are some seafoods I can't eat, but I don't think I could, like, pull apart a lobster. I don't think I could do that. Like, I could eat, like, fillets of cod and fish and I think that's about it I don't think I could eat an oyster I don't know I don't know maybe I could maybe I could I don't know but yeah like looking at these lobsters these guys are pulling out these huge things with their weird legs and like their little eyes and their faces just peeking through their shell and their big slappy tails but you know they uh, they put all that hard work in for a couple of weeks and they come home with like a couple of hundred grand and I'm like, do you know what? I'll fucking do that. And they have like 10 weeks off. But they're all saying like, oh, you know, it's tough because, you know, it's hard to get through the off season when you've, you know, on the money that you earn. And I'm like, how the fuck is it tough to get through like a month with a hundred thousand? You know, I could live for like a year on a hundred thousand. Probably not because if I have the money, I end up spending it, which I'm an idiot with. But that's what I'm trying to get better at. You know, so the money I earned from my console, I'm going to save some. I'm going to put towards some other payments. I'm going to, um, you know, do what I can. Use it to get to and from work for now. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm dying out. Well, there's something else I wanted to talk about as well. Oh, I was on like I was on Twitter yesterday. And uh, this is my conspiracy brain. And this is why when pe- women ask me what I'm thinking about, this is what I'd be thinking about. I'd be like, don't you think? Like, isn't it weird? Like, <laughs> but the way I see it, I was watching this. This I watched like one of the NASA. The, I went on the NASA channel page, whatever, and uh, thread, and uh, they recently just shot off this fucking rocket, and I was just watching it, right? And the way it just like it obviously lets off its exhaust, and then it detaches, and then it just goes straight up. 
but it does it really slowly. Like, how does it not just go and just fall and just slide across the ground, just demolishing everything in its path? How does it stay so perfectly upright? Like, it's just a big long tube. If you, I don't get it. I just don't get it. And I had a friend once who told me, like, he was really into physics, right? And this is why he doesn't believe in the moon landing. And this kind of swayed me. He was like, to get off the ground, you need to accelerate off the ground at the speed that you'd be eventually cruising at. Like, you're at the top speed. You don't start off slow and then build your speed up. It's not like you're driving a car. You need to accelerate immediately off the ground if you wanted to beat the G-force and beat the gravity and beat whatever. Is G-force gravity force? Or is it something else? I don't know. But, um... Yeah, to get off the ground, you just need to go straight up, right? And, um... That would instantly kill everybody inside it. Because the pressure just go, like, crushing you down would, like, just flatten you. So he said, like, you know, physically, it's not possible. And then I started thinking, you know, with the advancements... I even tweeted this. With the advancements in, um... You know... Graphic like animation the, you know deep fakes and stuff like that how you can literally make anyone like that new Kendrick Lamar video which is awesome by the way I'm so glad he's back doing it but um yeah he's fucking brilliant but that video where it's like you know he goes through he, he deep fakes into all these like you know historical black people you know like whether it's OJ Simpson or people who have been scrutinised by the media I, feel like, I think or you know in some way been in the spotlight um you know, he just transforms his face. You can make anyone look like anyone. Anything could be anything. You know, we, we said that we are living in a simulation. Like, that could be the reality. So I'm watching this video saying, I'm just watching a video on Twitter. I've seen films where they do this, right? And then I watched another one where they're all sat in this control center. And it's all like, you know, that like, um, they're all just like, Ah, what the fuck do they say? Just all these different technical terms for how spaceships go off, like uh, geographic, geographical design team. What do you say? And it's all like go, go, and it's like it's con- con- like system frequencies, all this stuff. And but it's much more technical than that. I'm doing it no justice whatsoever. And I'm just thinking, like, are they just keeping up part of the lie? Did I watch like uh, like a film? of a spaceship going up, like, you know, like a, like, special effects, right, am I watching special effects, and I clip, and I watch this next video of all these people in their suits, just sitting around these computers, just saying all these technical terms, trying to confuse the general public, and I know, without a shadow of a doubt, that the government, and the top 1%, and the Illuminati, they will do whatever it takes to withhold the lie, because I honestly believe we didn't land on the moon, right? Because I just believe we didn't want to lose to Russia. It was all a big boy, dick-waving ego contest, right? We Russia were making success. They spent a, sent a dog into space, apparently, or a monkey or something, apparently. And then we were, they were like, shit, they're getting close. Like, their media is saying this. We need to, like, really close the book on this thing. And then we sent some guys up there. Well, they sent some guys up there. We didn't do that. England ain't done shit, to be honest. All right, what did we do? Have we even got a space station? I think pretty much England's so small that if a rocket did go off, we'd be shifting under the sea a little bit. You know, we'd probably lose half of Dover. 
Um, and then, yeah, you know, I'm just looking at it thinking, I could be, I could be part, like, this, these people could all be part of the lie, getting paid enough money to keep up the agenda, to keep up this bullshit, because everything we see on TV is entertainment. Whether it's the polix, politic channel, whether it's the news, it's all made to distract us and keep us from the truth of what's really going on. And that is the world is being systematically taken apart piece by piece. People are being enslaved every fucking day without their, even, without their knowledge most of the time. You know? The banks are running the world and we are here, you know, playing our video games and smoking weed and going to the shops and getting our new bracelets and getting our new hats and buying that toilet brush that we needed because the last one was used so much because your husband's a fat fuck and he won't stop eating these fucking vindaloos and uh, <laughs> and um, yeah you know it got to that point where it's just like alright people aren't doing shit like we wouldn't do shit anyway every single one of us has the power just to stand up and say no I don't want to play this game anymore. But they've gotten us they've gotten us so entwined with that, you know, that vibration of fear. But we don't know what the fuck we're doing. We just think, oh my role is to go to work, come home, pay my bills, look after the kids, cook some food, go to bed, do it all again the next day. Get drunk on the weekend. And then that's it. That's my life. And then I get old, then I pay then I get a shitty pension. And then I die, then the bank takes back my house, and then they put a young person in, and they treat him like they treated me, and then he has to play the same role forever and ever, amen, until the fucking seas erupt, and the fucking ground get fucking overrun, and the fucking clouds turn red, and, you know, I don't know what the fuck I'm going on about, but... It's just, I'm just fucking scared. My daughter's like nearly seven years old and I wonder when she's my age, what is the world really going to be like? What is the world really going to be like? Are they going to be like robots owning everything? Like controlling the streets? Like there was that game I actually played which was really good called Detroit Becoming Human. And that was like a story based choice option kind of game. And it was set in a dystopian future. Is that the right word? I don't know. I just, I don't know what dystopian really means. But I figure it means some sort of disheveled, futuristic, unlawful... I don't know. I don't know, what to, I don't know what it means. But dystopian... I'm just going to use it anyway. A dystopian future where these androids that you can purchase from these android shops... Some of them, have the, some of them go through certain experiences that they kind of break their code and they become free-willed. And then they, like, there's three different ones. One of them is like an android hunter... He's an android who's an android police officer, so he's like completely emotionless and he's completely able to read the situation and make the right judgments and like you can get him killed off quite early on, which I did do and had to restart the game. Um, one of them's like a was a babysitter for an abusive father and she ended up like running away with a little girl. I can't remember what happened after that. Oh, they go to this big house and again it's like a it's like this fat weird dude with this vibe. It's like it's like a, it's like it looks like a like John Coffee. Like it's like this big black android, and yeah, this is like Michael. It's like Michael Clark Duncan if he was an android, but probably a little better looking. And um, 
he starts hunting you around the house when you finally escape like the little fucking dungeon this fucking creepy guy puts you in like he starts to feel nice like coming out the brain and then uh, you know eventually you obviously get um, swerved and uh, it's a swerve bro it's a swerve and um, he uh, Jesus heroin had an approximate street value of 1.5 million not in one go but you know Jesus, he looks respectable as well. Bless him. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm old. I'm having one last swing at this. Ten years in prison. Jesus. He'll be at least 75 when he comes out. Um, well, I missed that whole episode. Um, well, how long have I been doing this for? 24 minutes. Oh, Jesus. I've been rambling now, haven't I? Um, yeah. So, yeah. So... You know, yeah. Anyway, so these androids are in this game, and you control these androids, and it's a really cool, like, cool concept of what the world could be like. But could it really be like that? I don't know. Like, because at the end of the day, as great as technology is now, it still fucks around. Like, it still breaks down. It still fucks up. It still is unreliable. I make that a joke. Like, how unreliable technology is. You know, we everyone has to rely on it. And yet, it fucking stresses me out when my fucking computer takes ages to load. Or, like, it stresses me out when just technology just doesn't work the way it's supposed to work. Like, you've been created for this purpose. And you're not fucking fulfilling this purpose. So, therefore, you are irrelevant. You are null and void and you must be exterminated. So, I don't know. I don't know. As I said, I worry what the world's going to be like. I don't think the sky, the sky's going to be as sunny. I don't think there's going to be as many birds. I don't think there's going to be as many, like, greenery and trees. I don't think there's going to be, you know... You know, I don't know. At least, I hope there's bees. Otherwise, we're all fucked. Jesus Christ. She's seen Bee Movie as well, like, a fucking hundred times. So, she knows exactly what's going to happen. All the leaves are brown... And the sky is grey. Jesus Christ, these adverts aimed at old people. Lay in a bed that basically puts you in a V-shape. So you get the best posture sleep ever. No, you don't. That will fuck your spine up, surely. I don't know, I like my legs elevated to an extent, but not to the way it was there. That was really fucked up. Anyway. Oh. So, I haven't actually updated anyone since the Tool concert. It was a fucking brilliant day. Brilliant day. Me and my friend went to this restaurant. That was right outside O2 Arena. It was playing Tool songs all throughout. We got there early enough to get a nice seat, and then it started filling up. Like, over the last, the next half hour to an hour. We had a very overpriced burger, and it wasn't that great for what it actually was. The first bite, we just both look at each other, and we're like... Yeah, the bun's stale. Yeah, the bun is stale. Yeah. And I was like, well, maybe it's toasted. I was like, he was like, no, it's stale. <laughs> so yeah, it's definitely stale. Um, we sat there for a while. You know, people watching, chatting, and I couldn't help but... I'm so excited. I'm drumming on the table. And uh, he's like, can you just stop? And he had no fucking energy. And this is the point. Like, he was just like... From the moment I met him, he had just no fucking energy. And we went in there, we watched Brass Against, that were fucking awesome. They have such a good take on their covers. Like, obviously, they all use brass instruments. The fucking woman, the lead singer, she didn't pee on anyone this time. Uh, <laughs> but she's fucking hot, and she has a brilliant voice. And, um, yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. 
was such an out, out, amazing, amazing experience. And then Tool come on about 15 minutes later, and um, you know we start really enjoying it. We're getting into it. My friend takes his phone out, and I'm like, "Don't be one of those guys. Like you're not even supposed to film Tool. They have a thing about that. Like people will come and take the phone off you. Take some pictures. That's what I did, but don't sit there watching it through your phone." And I said it to him. He's like, "No, yeah, you're right. You're right." Over the course of the, like, he had a few drinks before we went in, and I don't know if he got spiked or something. But like, over the course of like half an hour, he became totally fucking belligerent and like, almost comatose. He fell asleep at one point. Like, he kept gripping me up, he kept falling on me, he kept nudging me, he kept punching me. He kept leaning on the other person next to him. He kept like just everyone was and I had to keep leaning past him and saying to the other guy like I'm really sorry about him I'm sorry I'm sorry and he was like if it keeps happening I'm gonna have to say something and I was like it's okay and I was like just fucking enjoy the concert that's what we're here for I was like look at the way you're behaving this is what you've been waiting like nine fucking months for can you just fucking like wake the fuck up I kept saying to him wake the fuck up get some fucking energy let's go let's fucking go Oh, and I'm fucking jumping around and people are seeing me, they're meeting my energy. We're all fucking excited apart from him. He's just miserable. He's a miserable cunt. The whole fucking experience. And then he ended up fucking... Like, some... I pushed him off me because he just fucking... He kept, like... You know, like, camel bites when, like, people grab the inside of your leg with, like, their fingers and their forehead, like, their palm and they just pinch. He kept doing that to my arm with, like, both hands. And I ended up just pushing him off me to the point that he bumped into the other guy. And then, like, five minutes later, one of the fucking arena staff came over. And they said to me, um, yeah, we've had a complaint that you're uh, pushing this gentleman here. And I was like, can I just have a word? And I got straight up, stepped over the chair in front of us, and I walked out and I spoke to the guy. And I was like, look, he's my friend. But over the course of the last few hours, like, he's gotten really belligerently drunk. I said, I pushed him to get him off me because he keeps gripping me up. I said, he's upsetting me. He's upsetting the people around him. He's really ruining this experience for me. But I felt like such a dick. But, like, I'm not getting fucking kicked out of a tour concert for him. Um, And then they were like, okay, we'll go talk to him. And I was just like, good luck. Because I haven't been able to get a word out of him. And he just looked at me. And then two of them went up to speak to him. And then... uh, couple of minutes afterwards he was like yeah just go and then the guy no yeah a couple of people went off to see him and the guy I was speaking to was like just go in and enjoy the show go in and enjoy the show and uh, I went upstairs and then I just saw them trying to talk to him and he was like the guys sat next to us were then sat, now sat on the stairs and he was like laid across the fucking chairs they were trying to pull him up they were trying to wake him up eventually and then some Irish lass this is a Irish lass. I couldn't really understand the words she was saying, but she pulled me over and she said, "Oh, come sit here. There's a seat here. Sit here next to me." And I was like, "Okay, that's cool. Yeah." I was like, "Whose seat is this?" She's like, "I don't know." I was like, "Is that your seat?" She was like, "No, I just saw them, so I sat there." I was like, "Where are your friends?" She was like, "They're over there somewhere." And I was like, "Okay, cool, whatever." So I sat there chatting with her, and I was like, "Yeah, like I've just uh, my." Fr- and I looked behind me. And my friend is getting escorted down the fucking stairs. Two of them are grabbing his arms, and one of them are grabbing his legs, and they're just like carrying him down. And his just head is just flopping all over like a baby's, like a newborn baby's head, just like you know, unable to support itself. And I was like, oh my god! I said to the girl, I was like, don't look behind you. But the guy, I said, please don't look now. But the guy getting escorted out isn't the guy I came with. She looked. She was like, oh no, I'm really sorry. Like, it was really nice. Like, I got chatting to her. She was lovely. We enjoyed the show. There was a stickhead behind me that every time I was chatting to her, he was just like, hey, can you stop talking? 
I was like, this ain't a fucking museum. It's a fucking concert. I was like, what's wrong with everyone? Even she said to me, she was like, I don't understand why no one's, like, having fun. Everyone's just sat down and, like, just looking around themselves. And just, I was like, yeah, I was like, this doesn't feel like a concert. This just feels like a uh, watch, watch along or something. I don't know. It was weird. But this guy just kept fucking chatting shit to me. And I was like, dude, you're fucking, like, you're pissing me off. I was like, I'm enjoying the show. I'm enjoying my night. You need to do the same. Make some fucking noise. Get off your fucking seat and do something. And at the end of the day, like, I turned around. And I was like, yeah, you're a bit of a dick today. And he was like, do you know what? I'm never going to see you again anyway. You're never going to see me. And I was like, yeah, I know. I'm fucking grateful for that. So anyway, I got out. The guy said to me that my friend was somewhere in this medical room. Oh, sorry. Hang on. I don't know where I left off. This, my, this guy said to me that the, my friend was somewhere in this medical room. It was already like 10 past 11. The last train from Marylebone leaves at fucking like 20 past, 20 to 12. Right? Now you can probably see where the story's going. I couldn't find the fucking medical room. I didn't have the time. I looked at the fucking clock and I was like, I need to fucking go. I need to fuck. I need to fucking go. Sorry, I've got this fucking phone call. And, um, and, um, yeah, I just left. I was like, I don't know where he is. He might have stumbled off somewhere. But I need to go home. I got to Marylebone at like 9.45. I saw the fucking last train leave. And I was just like, fuck. They eventually closed the gates to Marylebone Station. I walked around fucking London trying to figure out what to do. I didn't have money for a room. I had like 30 quid on me. Right? Now luckily... I ended up finding these people and I was just like, yo, where are we going? What's up? I've just been to the Hall concert. That's over day. We were talking about it. They wanted to go and find some booze. So I was like, yeah, I'll tag along. Like, I didn't want to be like, just kill t- as much, kill as much time as possible. I ended up finding, we ended up, we just followed lights. And by the way, bearing in mind that this is Monday night, right? Monday night. There is nothing to do in London on a Monday night. Even in London, there's just people waiting for buses. Uh, for some reason, all hours of the night, with loads and loads of luggage, because they're probably all going to the airport. And, um, yeah, like, we, I ended up, we followed these lights, and we found this, like, Lebanese shisha bar, right? <laughs> and then the guys were asking him if there's anything, like, anything open, they were like, I don't know. And then the guys were just like, oh, you can come sit down and have some tea and have some shisha, we'll sort you out. And then, uh, I was just like, you know what, I wouldn't mind doing that. I was like, would you guys? And they were like, no, we want to go get some booze. So I was like, okay. And the guy was like, yeah. And they brought me a table out, a chair. They sat me down. And then they were like, what one do you want? We have like, obviously they said the teas. I had for this like organic mint, herbal mint tea. They brought it out in like a real big, like silver pot with a little glass. And I was like feeling really sophisticated pouring it out. Then the guy with the fucking shisha bar, shisha fucking pipe came out. And it was like, I think it was like, Apple, mango and pear, or something, I don't know, but I'm sat there, like he pulled the pipe out, attached it all up, put the little coals on top, I waited a little while, and I was sitting there, and I was chatting to these Lebanese guys, they were all speaking Arabic, and I was just laughing at their kind of reactions and responses, and they were playing this card game called Puka, or Spoka, I can't remember now, Spoka, I couldn't fucking understand it. They were just like slapping random cards down. It was all about eights and threes or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was a crazy, crazy, crazy fucking night, right? So I'm enjoying that for a while. I'm enjoying that for a while. And I don't know how much a shisha and so pot of tea is going to be, right? I've got 30 quid on me. 
Right? It's probably irresponsible of me to have done it, but like at the end of the night, he, uh, the guy put, came up with a bill and he said, yeah, that'd be £30. And I was like, are you serious? I was like, that's literally all I've got left. He was like, oh, sorry, man, I can't let you off, uh, otherwise I'd be down. I'm thinking, you, you motherfucker, you're probably loaded. 30 quid is nothing to you, most likely. But I'll play along, whatever. So I paid it, and I was just like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm going to have to ring someone in the morning or something to get, a, get like to borrow the money to get a fucking train fare home. But then I was talking about where I could go, like if there's anything, and they were saying there's this casino that's open around the corner, and I could stop in there and get a few drinks, and I was like, well, that's cool, but again, I don't have any money. And I was like, really, I'm just worried about where I can go, because I've, I've got to wait around till like half six before I can get my train. And one of these old dudes, this fucking legendary dude, he just pulled out 20 quid and he was like, take this, this will get you back home. He was like, and hopefully you find somewhere you can have shelter. And uh, I didn't. I took the money and I didn't. I just walked around the streets of London, looking at shit, staying in the same vicinity because I didn't want to get lost. You know, my phone was already kind of dying. And like I basically just had it off most of the time, and I start just randomly chatting to people in the streets. Like I'm like people are just stood in the streets, wearing suits. And I stopped this one guy, and I was just like, "Excuse me," I was like, "Do you mind me asking what you're doing?" Because I'm seeing lots of people just stood around, and I wonder like what's going on. And he was like, "Oh, I'm looking for a bus to get back." He was American. He was like, "I'm looking for the bus to get back to the airport. I've been here a few weeks now, and I need to get back home." And I was like, "Oh, okay, fair enough." Fair enough. I just wanted to know. And he laughed and I laughed and I walked away. I was like, that's one bit of human interaction. I eventually got to the train station when it opened. Um, I think I got bit by a fox. I found like this doorway to kind of sit in and chill for a bit. I kind of dozed off. And uh, like, I felt something on my foot and I opened my eyes and a fox start I kind of sat up and then a fox started running away. And I was like, oh shit. I probably got rabies. That's brilliant. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, <clears throat> I got to the train station, there was this nice young lady in the train station I just started chatting to on an amicable level, Just I, was, I just had wanted some human interaction, I just had a fucked up weird night, it was like the simultaneously the best and worst night of my life, it really really was, I got to see Tool and I got stranded in London, all in one go, I don't understand why London Marylebone closes at like half fucking eleven, that makes no sense to me, it should be at least one, I don't know why, that's so weird, so weird. But anyway, anyway, that's kind of my horror story for that whole event, and for the friend in, in question, I've uh, I've not spoken to him since. I've had enough. I thought, you know what? You do this to me all the fucking time. Even if I come round your house, you get so fucking ridiculously drunk that you just fuck me off. You know, I've given him chance after chance after chance to kind of sort his shit out. You know, even uh, I can't go into too much detail. It's not fair on him. But I just, I just had enough, and it's cool with me, you know. I realize, I realize now from the therapy sessions I've been in, I need to understand my boundaries and what I find acceptable, you know. What my healthy relationships are, and really, first of all, it's about having a healthy relationship with me. I don't want to be some, around someone who's drinking and getting fucking belligerently drunk all the time, you know. I, my, I have my sobriety to focus on, and that's what needs to be done. That's what needs to be done. So yeah, the last bit of that, it really wasn't very funny. <laughs> it's just a personal story. Jesus Christ. I mean, I don't know. 
I was thinking, you know, I mean, what the hell would a homeless people do? I didn't see a single one. I I walked into this hotel, like, and like this lobby, because I've noticed like all these townhouses were like open. So I walked into one of them, and like there was no one around. And I just thought maybe I could just like sit in the stairwell, or maybe there's a waiting room somewhere. So I started walking downstairs, and this guy came out of this room, and he just like didn't see me. He just walked into another room in front of me. I was like, shit. And then I went back upstairs and I found the waiting room. And then behind the desk, there was a guy, like, in, in like, the security office. There was a guy just watching TV. And then he clocked me. He must have saw me on the monitor. And he came out and I was just like, ah, uh, uh, I'm looking for someone. Did someone just come in here? <laughs> just made up this lie on the spot. I was like, yeah, I'm just, because I was meant to meet someone. And it's, I, I'm just wondering if it was meant to be here. And he was just like, no, no one's been here. No one's been here. I was like, oh, okay, that's weird. All right, thanks anyway. And I just walked out. <laughs> oh, my God. So crazy. But I got home in the end. And it was a uh, it was a story. It's a sp- story to tell. It's a story to tell. I'll try and work that to get it a bit more funnier. But, um... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know how I'm going to end this. I think I've said enough. I mean, Jesus, this is 40 minutes long. This is the longest one it's ever been. I'm getting longer and longer and longer and longer and longer. Like my... (sighs) Periods of depression. (laughs) Really had to think of something then. But yeah, there you go. There you go. This has been the wave. And if you noticed, I've taken the rager out. Because I like the wave. I prefer the wave. Michael Disney presents the wave. This is the wave. I take you on a wave. I go up and we go down and we go up and we go down. We're suffering the waves. Suffering the waves. That's what we do. So, uh, <laughs> I will leave it there. And I wish you all adieu. Well, I bid you all adieu. And, uh, And I will, um, check in on you guys in a brief period of time. Oh. I'll try and do one for the uh, Queen's Platinum, is it? The Platinum Jubilee. Oh, the Reptile Queen is getting older and older, but she ain't dying. It's because of that reptile blood. It is. It's because of that reptile. She just has to eat another lizard, like, and then, like, she's fine. She, she, just keeps, she just keeps regenerating, you know? She just keeps on regenerating. Anyway, um... Bottoms up, ladies and gentlemen. Don't bottom out, and I'll see you again very shortly. Well, I'll speak to you again very shortly. Who knows? If I see you on the street, then I'll see you again. I probably won't. But there you go. Take care, everyone, and good night.